Shkodran Mustafi is Schalke bound and Ainsley Maitland-Niles is closing in on a move to West Bromwich Albion. It's another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the latest news with regards to Arsenal transfers, obviously outgoings, nothing uh, coming in at the moment as it seems. So we're going to focus on the players leaving. Um, and of course, at the at this moment in time, it doesn't really look um, as though there's going to be any change in terms of people coming in uh, between now and 11pm. I'm, I'm pretty certain that Arsenal's business is done. In fact, I've been saying to you guys since the Erdogan deal uh, that I think the business is done. So I'm not expecting Arsenal to do anything else in terms of incomings, but it's a busy time at the Emirates Stadium right now in terms of outgoings because we are hearing that Shkodran Mustafi is closing in on a move to Schalke. It's understood that he and the club have agreed to terminate his contract, paving the way for him to join Schalke. Now, Schalke, of course, struggling at the bottom of the Bundesliga at the moment. They've won just one of their games this season. Ser Kalasinac is currently there as well as they look to fight off relegation. Massive, massive club, uh, Schalke, but obviously find themselves in a very precarious situation and in desperate need of help. Not sure Shkodran Mustafi's that man. Uh, not sure he's going to turn up like Clark Kent, uh, put on his Superman outfit and, you know, rescue Schalke from the dreaded drop. But um, it seems he's probably an upgrade on, on what they have. And, you know, I joke about Mustafi, but I've always said it that I'm I'm not convinced he's as bad a player as some Arsenal fans would have you believe. That's not to say I think he's good enough for us or that I want to see him playing every week or anything like that. But I do feel like... Um, some of the criticism he's received during his time at Arsenal has been a little bit OTT and a little bit personal and, and there's no need for that. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think he goes out on the pitch. I don't think any footballer really uh, goes out on the pitch uh, with the intention of making mistakes. But unfortunately, uh, sometimes they happen and and we struggle sometimes to to then recover from those. And, and Shkodran Mustafi is someone who it feels as though whenever he did make a mistake more often than not it kind of led to a dangerous situation or a goal or, or something like that so you can understand why a lot of the fans are, are glad to see him go you know he's been in and out of the side for a while now I think a lot of people were surprised that he was in the squad ahead of um ahead of Socrates but I think from Arsenal's perspective it was very much about you know who could play out from the back more comfortably. And I think Mustafi certainly does that. Um, who is more of an asset, i.e. has a, a market value. And you could argue that Skodran Mustafi being younger, uh, being a World Cup winner, uh, being a former German international would command more in the transfer market. And, and we do know that Arsenal actually tried to offer Skodran Mustafi a new contract. And, um, 
he rejected it. He didn't want to know. And, you know, understandably so, because it goes back to that point I was making earlier on about the kind of the criticism that gets sent the way of some of our players sometimes. I'm not saying that he didn't make mistakes or anything like that, but you can, as fans, you've got to be conscious of doing that. You've got to be conscious of hammering people on social media, leaving personal comments under their 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 social posts. Because what you do is you kind of, you make that player not want to represent the club anymore. You make that player want to leave. You make that player not necessarily care. And um, players talk, you know, players talk over the years. How many times have you heard of a player joining a club because he had a, a, a former teammate there or he had a, you know, some kind of link, some kind of affiliation with someone who persuaded him and talked him into the move. You know, you do those kind of things on social media. Everybody can see it. You know, it's not a secret. And players will take notice of that. I know a lot of them say, oh, I, I don't read my criticism on social media. I don't read what's written about me in the papers. They do. You know, they do. They see it. They're aware of it at the very, very least. So, um, yeah, I am... Um, I'm glad it's a situation that's going to be resolved because he's another. He's one of the players that I would put in that category of players that we needed to move on and and get past and and start to build uh, a new side without. Shkodra Mustafi is definitely in that category, definitely on that list, and so I'm delighted that a solution appears to have been found. Um, as I said, from what we're reading and and stuff, it seems that Arsenal have agreed to terminate the contract, clearing the way for him to join Schalke. Um, that's what some people are saying. There are reports saying that it's a six-month transfer. Um, so it is a transfer in terms of, i.e., the contract hasn't been uh, terminated and Schalke and Arsenal have done a deal. I, I don't know which one's true. I've got to be honest. Um, but I'm, I've, I've read a bit of both. I've seen to read more of the contract termination stuff. So maybe that is a little bit more accurate. It would kind of make sense with regards to the discussions that we know have been taking place as well over the last few weeks about Shkodran Mustafi's future. So not entirely sure which one of those it is, but I'm sure we'll get that clarified uh, in the coming hours and and we'll understand a little bit better about what's going on. But what is definitely going on is Shkodran Mustafi is leaving Arsenal Football Club with Schalke, uh, his intended destination. Let's see what you guys are saying in the live chat uh, about Mustafi and the news that he is on his way. Um, First of all, as Clement says, make sure you smash the like button, guys. Uh, he also says, Sayonara Mustafi. Finally, we are free. Graham Usher says, about time. Uh, Gunatel's got the little hands up emoji. So he's obviously uh, pleased as well uh, that Mustafi uh, is set for an Arsenal exit. Hantumi says, please leave Mustafi. Uh, big hello to Omar. Um, and... Uh, he also says Kalasinac, Ozil, Mustafi, they're the three horsemen of the apocalypse gone. We know they were all mates. We know they were all close. We know they were a little bit of a click. And yeah, all of them, um, all of them have left this window and two of them are going to end up in the same place. Um, Brad Richardson uh, talks about the other big news to come out this evening. We'll come on to that in a minute, Brad. Uh, let me just take the... Uh, the Mustafi comments. Big hello to Omar as well, uh, who's a New York gunner. Uh, welcome, mate. Hey, Dean. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying on Mustafi. Um, let's pick up a couple more. Um, 
there's a couple of different points about different things. So we'll come, we'll come back to those afterwards. Cyril says Mustafi was under stress and insomnia. Let's wish him well. Yeah, look, as I've said, you know, I don't agree with abusing players on social media. I don't agree with giving your own players stick in the way that some of our Arsenal fans do it. I think you can be constructive in reviewing performances um, and in your criticism. I think the way Mustafi has been treated by some of our fans or people that claim to be fans is is bordering on scandalous. Um, And I do wish uh, Shkodran Mustafi very well. You know, good luck to him. I hope he goes to Schalke. I hope he's a success. I hope he finds his form again. Um, You know, because there is a player in there somewhere. There is. Uh, Mike says, what a great transfer window for Arsenal. Lots of clearing the decks, recouping some massive amounts of wages. Arteta's Arsenal taking shape, a blend of youth and experience. Uh, Melons, on the, the, the reports that we offered Mustafi a new contract, he says, do you think they only offered him a one-year contract with a view to sell him or do you think Arteta wanted him playing? I can't stand the guy. I'll be so happy when he leaves. Always had a mistake in him. I think that if they were offering uh, Mustafi a contract, and that's what we're led to believe, then... It was very much with the the view of protecting their assets so that they could move him on uh, at a later date. Yeah, I, I do think that because he could have played Mustafi, couldn't he? Uh, more than he has. Um, what else have we got? Wes Bird on, on Shkodran Mustafi says, I think he was overpriced at 35 million, but that's not his fault. And wish him best, wish him well, best for all concerned. Yeah, agreed. You know, and often players are held kind of, accountable for their price tag as though they're the ones that set it. The price tag is what the selling club feels you're worth and what the ultimately what the buying club are willing to pay for you. So more fall on us than on Shkodran Mustafi if we thought he was worth £35 million. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, wish him all the best, agreed. Um, Delinga says, uh, guys, we've got to give it to Arteta and Edu. There is a plan in place. Um, just off top, off uh, subject, but we'll quickly touch on it because it is centre-back related, at least. Uh, Marshall says, hi, Harry. Great content, as always. Unrelated to Mustafi. What are your thoughts on the Ozan Kabak move to Liverpool? I think it's an absolute panic buy, if I'm honest with you. Um, he's not had a great season, Ozan Kabak. Schalke in general have been hopeless, uh, particularly defensively. So, no, I don't think it's a, a sign in that. You know, I'd be particularly enthused about if I was a Liverpool fan. It just feels like they're trying to plug holes in an area in which they're really, really struggling. And actually, although you say it's unrelated to Mustafi, that move uh, that is going to take Shkodran to Mustafi to uh, Schalke is very much paving the way for that deal to take place, for Ozan Kabak to be allowed to leave by Schalke. Because what we're being led to believe is that he's going to Liverpool on loan initially, which is strange, isn't it? You look at some of these teams, you know, Schalke fighting for relegation in the Bundesliga, yet loaning out centre-backs to Liverpool. What it tells you is that the game financially is just in such a bad state, Uh, particularly on the continent. I think they've been hit a lot harder because the TV money is nowhere near as substantial as that received by the Premier League club. So, yeah, um, it's not a a signing that if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be jumping up and down about, uh, but they just need centre-backs. So they've, they've just done what they can do with the limited time available. It does beg the question why they didn't act earlier on. I think that, you know, that could bite Jurgen Klopp on Jurgen Klopp on the arse later on in the season. But, 
yeah, is what it is. Uh, big hello to former Arsenal man, Kevin Campbell. He says, hi, Harry. Hope all is well and the family are safe. Great window getting the dead Lee Wood out. Uh, well done, Arteta and Edu. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a massive, um, you know, it, it's a massive success in terms of a transfer window, if you ask me. Um, and I wrote a piece on it for 90 Min um, a little bit earlier on. You can see it on the screen there. Arsenal's winter transfer window has been a successful one. And I talk about the kind of impact that the pandemic has had, the, the impact that not being in the Champions League yet having to honour massive contracts on, you know, massive contracts where we've got to pay underperforming, um, overpaid players and, and the impact that that's had on Arsenal Football Club over the years and why, although these players that we're talking about, that we, we, we're labelling as dead wood, um, you know, were, were going to leave at the end of the season anyway, why getting them out now is, is of benefit to us. It, it allows us to save some money whilst also allowing those guys uh, to go and join uh, f football clubs now immediately and begin sort of getting their careers or trying to get their careers back on track. So yeah, I talked about a lot of the factors there in that in that article. So if you haven't seen it already, uh, head over to 90min.com, click on the Arsenal tab and you'll find it there. Um, I'll tweet it out in a bit as well if you are interested and want to have a little bit of a read. Uh, what else have we got here in terms of your comments? Um, Billy Anderson says, Sup, Harry, good to see us sorting out these outcasts. Steve Stone says, I think it's a good move for all parties. I do not wish him any ill feelings. Let's move on. Yeah, I'm of the same. I think it had to happen, but, you know, best of luck to him. Matt G says, good luck to him. Hope he finds his love of the game again. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Zissy says, well said, Mike. Going back to Mike's comment. Players we wanted out two years ago are finally going. We're starting to look like a good team again that we can trust on a regular basis. It's been over 15 years since I felt this way. Um, Yassi is rated at Shkodran Mustafi as two out of 10. He says he's the worst signing of Arsenal history. Held us back for five years when we signed him after finishing second to challenge for the title. We signed him and Xhaka for £70 million. It cost us big. I don't think he was the worst signing in Arsenal's history. I mean, I think that's a little bit OTT. I think we signed worse players than Shkodran Mustafi over the years. But I understand why you feel like we overpaid. I think we definitely did overpay. But as I say, so, uh, and I say it quite often, sometimes you have to overpay to get your man. That's just the way football works. If you're dealing with a club that aren't willing to sell, how do you persuade them to sell? Well, the only way is to overpay. The only way is to make an offer that they feel is too good to refuse. And that's why very often in modern football, where, you know, even sort of mid-table clubs are receiving such mega amounts of money from the Premier League TV rights, that's why they're in positions where they can stand their ground. They can hold firm. I know we signed Mustafi from abroad, but the point I'm trying to make is that's why modern football is the way it is now. Because you're looking at clubs who historically would have been desperate for the money. But now with the financial boost that they get from the TV rights, they can be a little bit more hard about it. They can be a little bit more difficult. They can dig their heels in when it comes to selling some of their best players. So. Yeah, look, it didn't work out as we'd have hoped. As I said, I think at times Mustafi played quite well. I think at times Mustafi was made a scapegoat for performances that 
you know, the whole team were, were simply not up to standard in. So, yeah, look, good luck to him, man. Good luck to him. Uh, what else have we got? Neil D'Souza says, Harry, uh, most of the Deadwood gone better window compared to past January windows. Next Hector and Jacka Elneny needs to go. Arteta can bring uh, in his players. Matt G says, Harry, stop sitting on the fence. Tell us how you really feel. No, I'm glad that, that it's been resolved. I'm glad that the situation's been resolved. I'm not one of these people jumping up and down that Mustafi's gone or, you know, yeah, let's have a celebration. Let's pop a bottle of champagne because Mustafi's going because I never actually felt that strongly about him um, as some others do. I I still felt that at times he was still probably better than some of the other players that were in our squad and people were calling for to start ahead of him. So genuinely, um, you know, it's not me sitting on the fence. Genuinely, I just don't feel that strongly about it. I really don't. Uh, let's come on to discuss. Um, actually, let's keep going through the comments because there's loads coming in and then we'll come on to the next bit of news uh, in a few minutes time. Uh, Wes Bird says smash the like button. Uh, big Harry up. Yes, please do. Uh, make sure if you haven't done so already that you do smash the like button. You know what? Let's check in on where we are in terms of likes on YouTube at the moment. There's uh, over a couple of hundred of you watching across the multiple platforms at this minute. But we've only got 53 likes on the YouTube stream. So if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? It doesn't cost a thing. Make sure you smash that like button. Thank you very much. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, there's a lot of comments about Kabak, but we'll we'll leave that for a little bit later on if we've got time because it's not an Arsenal-related thing. Um, so we'll leave that uh, for now. Uh, Don Giovanni says, Harry, do you know how much we saved on all these buyouts? I think Mesut's only saved like three to five mil reportedly. So I'd imagine the other players saved much less given their wages. Yeah, look, it's not, um, we have saved. Uh, I couldn't give you exact figures on how much we've saved, but there is a saving and Arsenal in their current position uh, need to make those savings because, you know, we've seen how this pandemic has, has impacted all football clubs. But when you're talking about the Premier League ones and the big boys in particular, Arsenal and Spurs, as I've mentioned previously, are the two who have been hit the most because of their match day revenue, because it is so big um, and such a big part of of how they survive. So I couldn't give you an exact figure on how much we've saved, but we've saved something. And more importantly for me, more importantly than the savings, what it means is that we can go into the summer transfer window with a clean slate. We can continue to build this season without those kind of, you know, and I'm not even suggesting that that Mustafi was a troublemaker or anything like that. But what it means is those players whose futures were uncertain, were up in the air um, and perhaps were not, you know, those players who were perhaps not fully focused on the club anymore, maybe not fully invested, especially when they were on the peripheries of the team, like Mustafi was, Socrates wasn't registered, Ozil wasn't registered, Kalasinac wasn't playing a lot. So to have those characters around the place, does it really help? Does it help build, uh, you know, a winning mentality? Will they have the same desire as Bokayo Saka or Nicolas Pepe, who's trying to prove his point now, or, you know, Emil Smith-Rowe, who's trying to make a name for himself. I don't think so. I think there are helpful senior characters, i.e. David Luiz, who we constantly hear about what a massive impact he has on the youngsters and how helpful he is to all of those. That's the kind of characters you want around if you're going to keep some veterans who, you know, 
and not necessarily there for the longer term. Not the Mustafis, not the Urzils who was causing... And again, you know, I've said it before about Ozil. I don't really want to get drawn into that whole debate again. I think there were faults on both sides, but I think there were faults on Mesut Ozil's part as well. So do you want all of that? I don't think so. So aside from the actual saving of funds, I think it actually just helps to get those players out of the club and start to build that atmosphere that we we need. Um, Aditya on the transfer window says, I don't think it's a massive success. It's a decent window where Arsenal were only able to move on players in the fringe, but not really receive money for them. Hope we see better windows in the future. I do think Aditya though, that had the pandemic not hit when it did, Arsenal may have been able to sell some of these players, albeit for what you might call insignificant fees. But I do feel like that made it even more difficult for Arsenal to recuperate money for the players in question. Um, What else have we got here? Uh, Let's pick up some more uh, of your comments. Uh, Matt, where was that one from Matt? I hate it when I do this. I move the mouse and then the chat updates and it jumps all the way down. Uh, Matt says, I'm really happy with our January window. It'll be great if we got a backup left back, but I'm happy. I'm not sure we're, we're going to get one. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty confident we're not now at this stage in the day. Roy Hodgson was very clear, wasn't he, in his press conference today about the, the chances of Patrick Van Arnholt leaving. And, you know, who knows? Is it, what, a few hours left? I'm just glancing over to Sky Sports News. Five and a half hours left. Will we get something over the line? I don't think so. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Harry Land, one of our members, says, uh, good luck to Musty. Started off really well, but sadly fizzled out. You can't question his commitment or resilience, though. Always tried to right his wrongs, but it wasn't to be. Um, Scotty22 says, Mustafi the mole is going. How do you know that Mustafi was the mole? I think it was more likely that Nessa Ozil's camp, uh, you know, somebody who clearly had issues with the club and their hierarchy. I think it's more likely that he would have been, or his agent, his representatives would have been putting out those stories uh, rather than Mustafi's. Um, right. Let's, let's talk about the other big kind of news, which is uh, with regards to Ainsley Maitland-Niles, um, because there've been some developments today. It's been quite a busy day on the Ainsley Maitland-Niles front. Um, so start getting your views in on Ainsley Maitland-Niles in the chat now, and I'll come to those in just a minute. I just want to share with you guys uh, kind of my thoughts on it. So we heard this morning that Leicester, Southampton, Newcastle and West Bromwich Albion were all in for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. All of those clubs wanted to take him. Uh, with regards to Newcastle, it looks like they may get a deal over the line for Joe Willock. Now, you're not allowed to loan two players from the same Premier League club. And I think in the eyes of Newcastle United, they probably would have felt that a deal for Joe Willock would be more uh, achievable. They probably feel like they could p- convince uh, Joe Willock uh, a little bit easier because, of course, he doesn't have as many options on the table right now um, as uh, as uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles does. Leicester City were very interested in taking Ainsley Maitland-Niles. However, uh, Arsenal were not willing to allow Ainsley Maitland-Niles to join Brendan Rodgers' side because we see them as direct competition. And and I think that is the right decision. I really, really do. Southampton grew frustrated uh, with the negotiations they had uh, with Ainsley Maitland-Niles' agent, who incidentally is the same agent of Raheem Sterling. 
when he was trying to agree a contract with Liverpool and we all know how that went. Uh, so yeah, Ainsley Maitland-Niles and, and, and Southampton unable to really make any headway in terms of their negotiations and Southampton withdrew uh, their interest in the player earlier today. Now we know West Bromwich Albion have been in the race for Ainsley Maitland-Niles from the off, but you figured given their league position, given the way they're playing at the moment and given probably what they're able to, uh, you know, offer financially, we would have thought that they would have been the last on Maitland-Niles' wish list. And it appears now that that's where he's going to end up. We've been told that a a loan has been agreed between Arsenal and West Bromwich Albion for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. And one of the things that's said to have um, persuaded Ainsley Maitland-Niles to go and join West Brom is this idea of him playing in the midfield. That's what we're being led to believe. That's what we're being told. That's what we're reading. And I'll tell you one thing. Who wants to go and be a midfielder in West Brom side when they don't even play? They, they bypass the midfield with their horrible, prehistoric, long ball, Sam Allardyce, dinosaur football. I just don't get that move. I don't get why Ainsley Maitland-Niles would want to go to West Brom. I really don't. You know, he's going to go there. They're going to have hardly any of the ball week in, week out. He's going to be running around the pitch doing doggies, unable to... Uh, you know, prove himself on the ball, prove himself in possession. West Brom are going to get relegated and Ainsley Maitland-Niles is going to have that against his name, a relegation. For me, I just think it's the wrong move for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I'm surprised the club are willing to do it. Um, I.e., you know, we hear a lot about how Arsenal always want to make sure that their players are going to the right clubs and they're going to have the right development, etc., etc., the, the the idea of him going to West Brom and playing as a as a midfielder contradicts what we've been hearing all along, which is that Arsenal actually want to see uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles play at fullback wherever he goes. So, which is it? You know, I, I don't know. Have Arsenal kind of been pushed by the player now, who's who's obviously made it clear that he wants to go and play football, and now they're accepting the idea of him going to West Brom because a deal for Southampton is no longer on the table. A deal to Leicester could be detrimental to our European hopes. I don't know. Um, I really don't know, but I just, I just don't agree uh, with Ainsley Maitland-Niles going to West Bromwich Albion. And Reginald says maybe he's insisting. I think that's got to be the case. It has to be the case because I simply cannot see, um, you know, how this could be a good move for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Honestly, look, I hope he goes there and he plays brilliantly and he proves himself and he really excels and gets his confidence back and and shows everybody that he can play in the middle of the park, you know, but I just, I think it's going to be a very tall order for for Ainsley Maitland-Niles to go to West Bromwich Albion to, to really impose himself on football matches when they as a team struggle to impose themselves on football matches. So yeah, um, that's where I'm at. You know, had he gone to Leicester, obviously Leicester, you know, they control a lot of games. So do, so do Southampton. You know, they play with a real high intensity. West Brom, it just doesn't feel like the right move for me. Got to be honest. Um, Aditya says Ainsley Maitland-Niles won't go to the Euros if he plays for West Brom unless he's had an unreal season. Agreed. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, keep your kind of the, the general questions, keep hold of them because I will come back to them. I, I will ask you to chuck those in the chat a little bit later on. But uh, we're on the subject of Maitland-Niles right now. Uh, Hosea says Maitland-Niles is a good player who will have more time to play at Albion. And as he will come back and then he will come back to Arsenal, he'll be an improved midfield player and he will bring more changes. Oh, I don't know. I'm not convinced. Um, 
kernel of truth as Pep says Allardyce is a genius do you actually believe that that Pep Guardiola means that I mean his football philosophy is the complete antithesis of what Pep Guardiola does so for me just a bit of mind games a bit of mind games on Pep's part uh, Scotty 22 says uh, West Brom play eight at the back completely agree you know they bypass the midfield most of the time uh, Ekene says, you just don't like Big Sam. You're right. I don't. <laughs> uh, Ams Fritz says, uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles only wants to go somewhere. He'll play centre midfield, but highly doubt he'll get a call up for England as a centre midfielder. Should have gone to Southampton. At least they play good football. I agree. And I think where Maitland-Niles has failed, maybe failed is a, a bit of a strong word, but where Ainsley Maitland-Niles has yet to establish himself as a regular in any one position Actually, probably his best chance of going to the European Championships, I would say, is as a utility man, is as that player who you can ask to play at right back, left back, centre mid, right wing, left wing, just depending on what you need. For me, that was the the only chance that, well, that is the only chance Ainsley Metlinars has of going to the tournament is if he can demonstrate to Gareth Southgate that his versatility uh means he should, he deserves a seat on the plane. Uh, Afsar Gunnar says, Maitland-Niles is mil- a million times better than Bellerin. I, I respectfully disagree. And I think Mikel Arteta disagrees as well, uh, judging by his team selections. Um, Dilly Dilly says, it's a good move. He can get midfield appearances and it's not against the team we're competing against this season. We were a few weeks ago, but yeah, agreed. Um, but I, I do disagree on on it being a good move, though. I've got to be honest. Uh, Greg B says, maybe Ainsley Metternas thinks he can keep West Brom from getting relegated. Yeah, that would be some some ask, wouldn't it? Uh, Xander says, Ainsley Metternas has made it clear he wants minutes. If he stays, he could be disgruntled and unsettle our newly harmonised dressing room. Yeah, Xander, I, you know, I'm I'm all for him going in uh, on loan to play. I just think that he had a better he had better offers on the table. You know, forget the Leicester, let's discount the Leicester one because you know it seems like uh, you know Arsenal are the, the reason that that's not going to happen. But to go from potentially having a deal on the table with Southampton, and, and we're led to believe that you know his agent has kind of busted Southampton's balls to the point where they've gone, no thanks, we're all right. You wonder why a player who is motivated by the the prospect of kind of getting his career back on track would turn something like that down to go and play for West Brom. That's just my opinion. Um, Wes Bird says uh, Ainsley Metternals needs minutes, but like you, I'm not convinced West Brom's playing style will suit him. Maybe he's guaranteed playing time there. And personally, I'm not sure he'll come back. Yeah, me too. Um, but I think Arsenal were hoping to get some kind of obligation to buy in a, in a contract or in a deal. But I don't know what the details of that West Brom deal are necessarily. And again, uh, just like I said with the, the whole Mustafi thing, I'm sure in the coming hours, we get a little bit more clarity uh, of uh, of the situation. Reginald says he should have looked at the example of Saka, played left back, kept him pressing and eventually got to his ideal position. I always say this about Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I always compare him to Saka because you're looking at two players who both got opportunities at a young age, both got opportunities probably before they would have imagined and both got those opportunities playing in a slightly wrong position. The difference is Saka learned that position. He knuckled down, he got on with it and now he's getting his reward because he's, when he's fit, he's without doubt one of the, um, 
the first names on the team sheet. In in Ainsley Metlinaz's case, the kind of constant bleating on about the fact that he wants to play in midfield, I think has has done him harm rather than good. So, yeah, um, I think I think you make a great point in the comparison with Saka. Uh, Foluso says, uh, why would he want to play for a club that will most likely be relegated? It makes no sense. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, apologies if I've missed some of your comments. The um, the uh, the chat box is constantly updating. Uh, Osman Ali says, big up Harry's work rate. I don't think any other channel puts out as much content per day as he does. I think there are some out there, mate, but thank you for your kind words, man. Really, really appreciate it. Also, for those of you who were asking me earlier, the gas tank 90 min is available now. Go on YouTube and watch it. Search 90 minutes. The latest episode I was on there with Grizz Khan, Scott Saunders, uh, Boovy, and of course, Flex, as well as Hainsey. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, just going, going through your comments, trying not to touch on stuff that we've already touched on. Um, really as uh, well, as best as I can, uh, big shout out to Chris Pantelli who says, hi, Harry in dark depressing days where everything gets on top of you. Your streams are giving me something to hold on to. I hate days like this. Big you up is a great job you're doing. Chris, thank you so much. And it means the world to me to know that the streams are, are helping people get through what is no doubt a weird time, um, a strange time, a dark time. So yeah. Um, thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Um, Arsenal have just put out an update on uh, the fitness of some of our players ahead of tomorrow's game. Uh, we spoke about it a little bit earlier on. We talked about uh, the fact that, um, that you know, there were players in there who, who were missing the other day and haven't trained since. So the likelihood of some of those uh, returning is, uh, is uh, you know, not likely. <laughs> uh, let's let's have a look at what the club have had to say. So on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, they've confirmed that he's returned to full training. We don't know, though, if Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is going to be involved. Now, you wonder if he will be because, of course, he's not trained. Um, so what does that mean? You know, does it mean that he needs a few more days to get up to speed? Of course, after tomorrow's game, we don't play again until the weekend. So maybe... Uh, that will give Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang some time to get some training sessions under his belt and potentially help us at Aston Villa. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Danny Ceballos, uh, he's returned to full training, but his availability will be assessed ahead of the game on Tuesday. Uh, Pablo Marie, another one, returned to training, uh, but his availability will be assessed. Matt Ryan has a hip problem. And he is unavailable for the trip to Wolves. Hopefully, he'll return to training in the coming days. Um, Bukayo Saka has returned to full training and his availability will be assessed. Uh, whoever was writing this today uh, just copy and pasted the same sentence over and over again. And Kieran Tierney is continuing to be assessed for discomfort in the right lower leg. So there's a bit of an ongoing problem uh, with Kieran Tierney at the moment. He's unavailable for Tuesday's match. So there will be no Kieran Tierney. So Cedric is likely to continue at left back for the Gunners. And you know what? He has played a lot of minutes lately. He's done really, really well. But you do worry um, a little bit about that, don't you? Um, Cyril says, uh, I like this channel. I think I'm going for gold. Thank you so much, Cyril. Really appreciate it, mate. Uh, thank you for your support. Thank you to Matt as well. It says, big up Harry. Good content, bro. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, 
what else have we got? Uh, Matt is new to the channel, so welcome. Welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna family, mate. Uh, Ilka says, 100th like was mine. Greetings from Helsinki, Finland. Uh, greetings to you. Uh, thank you so much. Let's check where we are on the likes, by the way. Let's try and get as many uh, as we possibly can between now and the end of this podcast. We've got 107. There's 326 of you watching. Let's get, and that's on YouTube alone, let's get up to 150. Surely that's achievable. Uh, surely we can do that in the next sort of 10 minutes or so. Let's see what else we've got here. Um, just having a quick look at some of your comments. Lots of you talking about the the fitness update, which we've just been through and, and just touched on. Uh, Tam Bao says, how to become a member of your channel? That's a great question, my friend. If you are interested in becoming a member of the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel, all you have to do is click the link in the description and that will take you to our membership page and you can sign up from there. There are three tiers of membership available. Check them out. Uh, see what you think. See if any of those appeal to you. Come and join us. Come and join our Discord server as well, where we're talking all things Arsenal and football uh, throughout the day and the evening. It's great fun. I've got a great little community there. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying interacting with you guys uh, on a little bit more of a kind of personal level uh, than just YouTube streams. So thank you for that. Um, that's how you do it, Tambal. Um, it's pretty easy. If you've got any problems, just give me a shout. Alternatively, if you just visit the channel, I think uh, you can click the join button. It should be next to the subscribe button. I remember some of you saying in the chat that it doesn't work on some devices. Is it iPads that don't work? Just quickly remind me uh, in the chat, but I think it's iPads where you can't do it. So you have to do it from a web browser, um, from a computer or your smartphone, I think. Um, and that, you know, that uh, I've got to welcome a, a brand new member who's literally just signed up right now. Uh, so a big thank you to Inny Inyang, uh, who's just become a YouTube member. Thank you so, so much, mate. Really appreciate it. Welcome to the family. Make sure you click on the membership tab um, and get the Discord server link and come in there and, and chat with us as well. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, what else have we got here? Charlie, this is a really good question. Um, from Charlie. I really like this one. He says, what do you think of the Balogun situation? Do you think he'll stay? Well, I, I'm a little bit stuck on this Balogun one because on the one hand, I look at him and I think this is a talented young lad and we should just kind of bow down and not bow down. That's the wrong term. We should just kind of meet his demands and keep him. The other, th the other way I look at it is you're talking about a kid who's not proven himself at the top level yet, yet he's making demands to Mikel Arteta. He's making demands to a club the size of Arsenal Football Club. And I just think that, I don't know, I just don't like it. I just don't like the whole vibe around it. And, you know, Mikel has chosen to give Eddie Nketiah opportunities ahead of, of following Balogun and, and people have questioned that. But ultimately, if Eddie Nketiah is fully committed, fully invested in Mikel Arteta's project, then Fuller and Balogun isn't, then that's why. And that makes sense. You know, we talk a lot about uh, ability uh, and ability is important, of course, but so is attitude as well. And, and you know, we've been told time and time again that Balogun wants to stay at Arsenal. So then instruct your agent to do the bloody deal. Um, I think that the, the stumbling point and the problem between Balogun and Arsenal is to do with playing time. It's not to do with, with finance. Can Mikel Arteta guarantee him the kind of playing time he wants? I'm not sure. 
Um, but if I was Balogun, I'd probably be a little bit more patient given his age. I'd give it at least one more season um, and then look at it from there. But of course, with his contract coming to an end at the end of this current campaign, it's a bit of a messy situation. It's a bit of a sticky situation. So I can understand uh, the uncertainty about it all and why the club are, are doing what they're doing and why the player is is doing what he's doing as well. A uh, big thank you to Inny and Yang, who, who's just signed up to become a member. He says, love your content. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate it. And I also want to say a massive welcome to Aeson, who's just signed up as well. Uh, thank you. Two new members uh, in this stream. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna family. Uh, get involved uh, in the Discord server as well, guys. And there's a bit of members-only content that will drop to you guys uh depending on your membership level on Wednesday so uh yeah get in the discord server and uh, come and chat to us if you've got any problems accessing the link let me know uh, and I'll make sure I get that over to you uh what have we got here Yasir Ahmed says the chronicles of Aguna he's well he's, he's tagged me he didn't write that sorry <laughs> uh thoughts on Inter and the Hakimi situation I like Hakimi um I, I really really do now correct me uh, you know, one second, let me just bring up uh, the details that I want. Um, yeah, look, so so we know that Hakimi is is somebody that Inter are essentially happy to offload because of the finances. Um, you know, they're, they're in serious trouble when it comes to their, their books. And we know that they're looking to offload players. They're looking to... Um, you know, make some money back and, and kind of contend or deal or cope with the the impacts of, of COVID-19. I really like Hakimi. I'm not sure that given Arsenal's current problems, which are, you know, financial, I don't know how to put this without sounding like a bit of an idiot because I really do rate Hakimi and I don't want this to be taken in the wrong way. I just look at right back and I look at Bellerin and I look at Cedric and I wonder if we can afford to go and make an investment of 35 plus million pounds on a right back, which is what Inter would be looking for. As I said, I really like the player. I do. I rate him very, very highly. I just wonder if given our current situation, we could prioritise that position when there are more pressing needs in the squad, in my opinion. Uh, but he's a player I, I, I very much like. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I am on it. In an ideal world, if we had the money, I'd love to do it, but we don't. Um, we don't. Uh, big hello to Aeson, who says, Hi, Harry, wanted to do this for a while, but I was driving most of the times I watched you. I hope you were just listening, mate, and not driving and watching. Uh, really want to know your opinion in regards to Saliba. Do you think he's that bad? Um, first of all, again, thank you for signing up. Really, really appreciate it. Um, do I think Saliba's that bad? I don't. Um, I think that Saliba is still a little bit raw. Um, you know, he's, he's turning in some decent performances at Nice at the moment. And he's been speaking actually uh, in the last couple of days about how not playing at Arsenal has uh, really affected him. Um, and the whole thing of, you know, he, when he transferred, he said, when I transferred 30 million euros, I didn't expect to be left out the way I was. So I think mentally it's impacted him. I'm glad he's he's playing football. Um, I'm glad he's gone somewhere where he's going to get game time. My only concern is having received that snub from Arsenal in the first place, um, having received that snub from Mikel Arteta, 
when he does return, where does that leave the pair in terms of their relationship as, as player and manager? Will that have a negative impact? Will that cause a friction between them? And we've seen that when people don't necessarily get on board with Mikel, when there is that little bit of friction, often, well, all the time so far, Mikel comes out on top. And, you know, that's how it should be, I guess, to a degree. The manager has the final say. But with this one, it's a little bit... Look, put it this way. If Arsenal had bought William Saliba for five, six million pounds, nobody would be worried about what might happen down the line. But because we invested so significantly, and again, it's another one I feel that we probably actually overpaid for, you have to... um, you know, you have to try and make the best of the situation. I think he does have a future at Arsenal. Um, I just hope that what's gone on so far hasn't painted such a bad picture of Arsenal to the young man that when he does finish this season, he, he maybe isn't necessarily happy in returning to the Emirates Stadium. That's my point. Hopefully it goes the other way. Hopefully it gives him the desire and the drive to go on and succeed and prove everybody wrong. That's the ideal outcome. Uh, but yeah, that's where I am on it. I don't think he's that bad. I still think he's a little bit raw, though. I really do. Uh, Taser Drone says, how do I become a member, Harry? As I say, click on the link in the description. Uh, that'll take you there. Or alternatively, you can visit the channel and click on the join button, which is next to the subscribe button, if uh, I think. Anyway, uh, right. What else have we got here? Let's pick up a couple more um, of your questions and points uh, before we jump off of today's uh, stream. Uh, Paul Abutu says, hey, Harry, what is the update on Arsenal Sander? Back up left, back today. Love your content always, sir. Look, Mikel Arteta didn't, um, he didn't rule out uh, somebody coming in. The fact that we did the Matty Ryan deal without anybody knowing and then just announced it out of the blue kind of gives me this little tiny speck of hope that between now and 11pm, something's going to come out to say that we've we've brought someone else in. But I've got to be honest, my opinion, and it is just my opinion, it's not me being in the know. I don't claim to be in the know. Um, I'm not going to be one of those guys that just spouts out lies to try and get a bigger following. Um, from what I've read, um, from what our editorial team's been talking about today, a backup left back is something Arsenal would like to do, but I don't think it's going to be done. Um, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be done. Patrick Van Aanholt was someone we were heavily linked with, of course, out of contract at the end of the season. But Roy Hodgson has been very clear about the fact that he does not expect him to leave. And I don't think um, I don't think we're going to see him moving. And I don't think Arsenal, uh, if he does move, will be his destination. Uh, Andrea says, uh, with these terminations of contract and the COVID, it will take a few years to invest again. Yeah, talking about the overall kind of situation. Um yeah, completely agree. The COVID thing has is, is been massive, massive. Uh, Aeson's asking for the Discord link. Uh, if you go on your, I don't know if you're watching it on your phone. Um, if you click on the the membership tab, yeah, click on the membership tab on the YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the members only posts. And it's the second post on there. So if you you'll see it there, just click on it. Um, once you've downloaded Discord, if you don't have it already, and it should bring you in. If you're on the PC, again, I think it's the, uh, what did I say? Membership tab. Yeah, it should be the membership tab. So click on there. Um, let me just double check that for you, mate. Well, I know we're live, but I, I want to check that. I want to make sure. 
uh, that you get access to that. Because as I say, there were there were a load of members actually um, who still haven't haven't done that. You know, you you've got access to it, um, but you're not using it, and and that's absolutely fine. You don't have to use it, but I just feel like it's it's part of the service. So why not use it um, if it's there? You know what? I'm going to post the link again right now on a members only post. Uh, all channel members, bang, there you go. It's in there now, mate. New post. So click on the community tab, uh, and you will see that there. You should have got a notification now as well to say I've posted a members only post. Right. Uh, that brings me to the end of this stream. It's been a busy day, as you can imagine, always is on transfer deadline day. Uh, going on the same old, uh, done this twice today. We've done the 90 minute gas tank. I've been writing all day as well. Going to do the same old Arsenal podcast at seven to come and join us for that. And then at 9 p.m., I'll be back for another one of these with Adrian Clark. He will be joining me. Uh, you probably recognize him from Arsenal.com's breakdown shows. Adrian Clark will be joining me at 9pm and we'll be talking about the transfer window and a little bit about Arsenal's revival because he hasn't been on for a while. I can see just quickly, some of you are asking about uh, Joe Willock in the chat. No confirmation of a deal yet regarding Joe Willock, but it looks like he may be on his way uh, to uh, Newcastle United. There you go. Uh, Sofa says, fantastic show. Enjoy listening while shoveling the driveway. Have a good one. I hope it's not too strenuous on you, mate. We'll be back later on. Uh, come and join us in around about three hours time for our transfer deadline day special with Adrian Clark. Until then, cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simi.